Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Uh-oh. 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 We got a new intro song. We got a new intro song. Let's turn it up. Let's let Fizzle talk to us for a minute. Good people. People. Listen to it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Fizzle Dollars hooked the wake up show up with a brand new intro song. Shout out Fizzle Damn Dollars this morning, baby. What's going on, good people, man? It's your boy, Ray G. Y'all decided to wake up. I appreciate y'all being here. Y'all are talking trash in the chat. 180 seconds late. Late GQ. Yada, yada, yada. It's going to be all good, man. We got a lot to get to today. But shout out my man, Fizzle, with the brand new intro song for us. Yeah. I just want to let it run so y'all can hear it. We'll let it play at the end. Yes. Jay Rich, you feeling this, baby? Oh, man. Man, Fizzle. It's so good, but at the same time, I know I have to make a new intro now, so I'm a little bit mad at Fizzle. I told them, I said, Fizzle, it's dope, but don't be making more work for me because I got enough shit to do right now. Yeah. But um, have to give a massive shout out to Fizzle, man. He, he's, he's impressed me more and more every day. The more I listen to his music, the more yeah. um, I just... I, honestly, he's dope. Like he actually, He's, he's dope as he's fuck. Cool, like, he sent me his stuff. He's like, yo, j listen to my stuff. And you know, people send you your shit, and you're like, uh, I don't know, nah, bro. He's and he did it. Legit. He did it without us asking, Love man. It. That was really cool of him. Uh, appreciate you, Fizzle Dollars, for the new intro song. We will incorporate it into the real, the real intro here soon because yeah. it is, it is very, very dope. Uh, but I did not give you your proper welcome, Jay. I'm sorry about that. I just okay. threw you on the screen. Good morning to you. How was your weekend, man? Before we get into all the craziness of NFL Week Five, how was your weekend, man? It was good um, for Ray. Ray, I don't even think you know this, but it's uh, Canadian Thanksgiving today. So shout out to all my Canadians out there celebrating Thanksgiving today. Um, we had a little party for my grandmother, her 80th birthday. So that was pretty awesome. fun. Uh, got the family together. So that was good. Happy yeah, birthday, Grandma. Good. Happy birthday, yeah. Grandma. Yeah, it was good. So Thanksgiving is today for those who celebrate and are celebrating. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving. And I'm out here working for you. So the people know that Jay Rich is a hard worker working on Canadian Thanksgiving. But mm. we'll take American Thanksgiving off. So I'll take uh, we, it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into the history of American Thanksgiving. Uh, I just uh, I, I hope you a good one there in Canada. And we'll move on yes, to sir. some football stuff. But we got a Michelle Adoro coffee. Shout out to Michelle Adoro. Our coffee oh, partner. Shout out to Michelle dude, Adoro, so our coffee partner. Best Italian espresso. It's pretty good coffee. It's pretty there, good. Man. It's pretty it's damn so good. good. Use the promo code Wake Up. I actually, Jay, I'm almost out, so I got to order some more. But shout out yep. to Michelle Adoro. We got a lot of news, a lot of stuff to get into, Jay. Yeah, a lot of weird small injuries and stuff that happened over the weekend, but let's get into it. Yeah, well, 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 first, 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 hold on. Oh, let's, look at you. I, what did I you? Got, what? I, I got the wrong stuff up. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> first of all, Jay. The Cowboys. I, I just I just want to say we're four and one. I just want to say we're you four are. and one. 
We're four you and are. one, Jay. Do you have anything to say about the, those Cowboys? We're four and one, baby. So we were talking top 10 takeaways. Mm. Uh, my 10th takeaway mm. was actually the NFC least has been mm. rebranded, right? It's been rebranded. It's the NFC beast now. It's four the and NFC one for the beast. Giants. Yes, yes. Four and one for the Cowboys. Yes. Five and zero oh for the Eagles. Yes. The NFC East is back, baby. It's back, I didn't baby. Think, we're back. I didn't think we'd be saying this. We're but back. the NFC East is definitely back. Look at me smacking the microphone. All right. Well, let's get um, into straight. Let's, let's get, get into the, the, the biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. T. Higgins re-aggravated his ankle injury yesterday. Um, didn't see a ton of snaps, especially in the second half. Now, Zach Taylor did say that they could have utilized him situationally. I'm not exactly sure what that means when they lost the game, but, you know, Zach Taylor had a lot of questionable things happen yesterday, so let's not get into that too much. Sucks for T. Higgins because he did have the ankle injury last week, so again, re-aggravated it again this week. Hard to say what his outlook is going forward. It seems like this could be a bit of a problem for him. So we'll have to monitor it throughout the week and hope that he can be healthy for this week. Now, Ray, I don't know if you saw this. I didn't catch this at all, actually. But Ravens safety, Marcus Williams, their new signed safety who plays mostly free safety but has been all over the field this season. I believe he already has three interceptions. He broke his wrist in that game. And so he left early, broke his wrist, and probably could be out for the majority of the season, if not the entire season. Um, did not see much of that. Yeah, John Hobborough said that he's going to miss significant time. And I believe there was a player, I think in 2017, who broke their wrist at safety and missed the entire season. Um, not an injury that you, that you kind of attribute with an entire season. But again, if you don't have your wrist, it's very difficult to play safety in the NFL. Baker Mayfield was also spotted in a walking boot. I'm not sure if you saw him limping on the field at all. And then on top of that, kind of to go, <laughs> to go with that, Sam Darnold should be eligible to return very soon off of IR with his ankle injury. So we could finally see a quarterback switch in Carolina. And of course, the rumors are swirling hot and heavy that Matt Rule will be fired as early as today. Again, when you're as bad as he's been, we can only hope that he gets fired and we see a coaching change there. It could only really go up for the Carolina Panthers and DJ Moore specifically. Both James Conner and Darrell Williams left the game versus the Eagles yesterday with injuries. James Conner was his ribs, and I didn't see exactly what it was for Darrell Williams. We have to monitor the situation because Eno Benjamin did perform well. He played yep. actually really well, in my opinion. So if you if you want a waiver pickup, he could be a guy you spend some dollars on, in my opinion. And on top of that, James Conner is a guy who has been banged up a lot, and if Eno is showing out well, he could get more involved even without the injury or even if they are limited coming back. So definitely look at Eno Benjamin. He could be a guy who rises this week throughout our throughout waivers and throughout depending on what injuries happen Rashad Penny broke his tibia or fractured his tibia to give the yeah. more specific term Damn. he's probably done for the year which means Kenneth Walker you know we weren't sure when his time would come his time is now and he showed it when he busts off that big run against the Saints Kenneth Walker should be the starting running back going forward um again Penny could potentially come back I was looking yeah. seeing diagnoses of six to 12 months for the tibia Jeez. <sighs> I mean that's yeah, I don't know if it's that long. Again, I'm not a doctor, and these weren't peer-reviewed articles, but it's still way longer than the season. So, And even if he comes back, you just have to imagine they're going to take it easy with him. So Kenneth Walker will be the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks going forward, which we didn't think would be that great of a role, but it's looking like it's a lot better than we kind of initially projected. 
And then Chris Olave was knocked out of the game that same game yeah. uh, with a concussion. You know that uh, it was. I think it was more of that new ataxia rule that they added and implemented to start uh, this week in the NFL season. We saw a few players be knocked out with that. Teddy Bridgewater as well was another one who was knocked out on his first pass attempt. So we saw a heavy dose of Skylar Thompson versus the Jets. I'm curious to see how this impacts things going forward because, Ray, I, I can only imagine there's going to be times where we see a player who takes a big hit and they are just immediately ruled out or ruled yeah. out shortly after. It could pose some problems for us in fantasy land, but again, it's ultimately about the health of these players. Is there anything that I missed or you wanted to touch on after no, I, I finally th- got I think off that, of I think, I think that new rule is good because apparently he passed concussion pro- or, or, or one yeah. of them. It was Bridgewater. It was Bridgewater, I think, right? Passed it, but look. And that look, was like the third yeah. play of the game, so he probably yeah. would have come back if it was yeah. a regular circumstance, right? Yeah. But he... But he didn't because of that attack. If, if, if player safety is important, that rule is a good rule. And the Chris Olave hit was, I mean, he was out. Like he was slung to the ground, scored a touchdown, was out, got up, yeah. walked off fine on his own, holding his arms up for touchdown. But um, I like the implementation of the new rule. Um, man, Jay, for, for me, I don't think you missed anything. I just want to get into, just want to get into it, man. And my number one takeaway, and I'm just. I, I want to start with it. I want to start in New York. I want to start in New York with the early game on Sunday. Okay. And I just want to ask you, you know, for a long time, we we kind of shit on Daniel Jones and how terrible he is and how awful of a quarterback he is. And the reality is he he never had any sort of stability from head coach, offensive coordinator, scheme, consistency, none of that stuff, man. And now that they actually have a coach in place. I don't know if you saw Brian Dayball at the end of the game. He or in, in, well, in the locker room, dancing with okay. the players, and they're talking about how he's changed the culture. Is he a sneaky by low quarterback? Because here's the thing. Every mock draft that I look at has the Giants picking inside the top eight, the top seven, and they're taking Will Levis. They're taking Anthony Richardson. First of all, they're four and one. They have, you could talk about the Bears receiving core. I'd argue that the Giants receiving core is even worse than what Chicago has. At least they have Darnell Mooney. Literally, yeah. they're throwing to David Sills, Dar- uh, Slayton, Darius, Darius Slayton, Slayton, and Richie James, and Richie James, and Daniel Bellinger, and, and then Daniel a lot of Saquon Barkley. And, and, and a lot of Saquon Barkley. And Daniel Jones, he's not out there Patrick Mahomes in it. I'm not trying to boost it up, but he's he's playing well enough to put keep them in positions not to lose the game. And I'm just wondering, man, if they can bring him back on the low, do they give him another year? Does he get another year under Dayball to figure it out? Maybe. This is where where fantasy football enthusiasts and real football collide because everyone in fantasy land is like, ew, he sucks, no, he needs to go. But who do you replace him with? Jimmy Garoppolo? Who do you replace well, him with? Anthony Richardson when you're not picking inside the top 10? A developmental quarterback? Like, let's 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 have some real conversation and not just be a prisoner of fantasy land, right? Does he get another shot next year if he continues to win with the Giants? Maybe. I don't think... So, I think to your point, it may not be a rookie quarterback. And, I mean, you can clearly see why. Four and one, they are not in a position to take a quarterback anywhere near the top 15, right? And that's, you know, where you want to take your quarterback to at least have a shot. Um, but again, does he get a shot? Maybe. I think the problem is, is that there still may be some veteran quarterbacks that Dable may prefer to try and bring in. Like, there's been a lot of talks of Kirk Cousins potentially being on his way out of Minnesota if things don't go right for him. And I think he could be a guy that Dable may be like, hey, 
if we can pay this guy $30 million over paying Daniel Jones and bringing him back, that could be a situation that he prefers. But I think, like you said, you have to give so much credit to Brian Dable. We Absolutely. All, we all knew that he had this ability in him to really coach his guys up and get the best out of his players. We saw that in Buffalo. And Buffalo is still reaping the fruits of that labor that he, he did for them a few years ago. But now you see what he's done in New York and how it's changed the culture and how good they're playing. It's a lot of Saquon Barkley, and that does scare me a little bit. We saw him leave with a slight shoulder injury. He didn't come back and ultimately yeah, win the back. game for them. But, I mean, what he's done for this team, it's phenomenal. And you can't do anything but give him a ton of credit. They have no receivers out there. They're all hurt or none. not playing. They have so none, bro. You have, and then no to your point receivers. About, to your point about Daniel Jones, he's playing great as well. He's not turning the ball over that much. He's running situationally. And he's playing on a bum ankle. And I'm sure you saw it. His right hand had a massive cut on it. He's bleeding all over his center, taking Fighting, a snap. Man. Like, He's playing well, right? Say what you want about Daniel Jones. Say you don't think he's a long-term answer. I'm fine with that. I think, to your point, a rookie is probably near out of the question at this point unless they epically collapse. But overall, I think that it's just it's stable, and whatever he decides to do with this offense is probably what they're going to do going forward. Man, I'm seeing some, I'm seeing some names, um, some hot college names pop up. And I just want to say, if you don't like Daniel Jones, you damn sure don't want Phil Dracovich. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> That ain't it. You don't want him. Tyler Van Dyke. Matt Bruning could probably attest to AR-15 ain't ready yet. Oh. He ain't ready yet. Oof. He is not ready. I love the talent. He ain't ready yet. I know there's a lot of buzzworthy names out there, but if they continue to win and they end up, what, 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine they, but they're the, not, even at that would be an epic collapse at this point for the Giants. If they ended up yeah. eight and nine, they ain't like, getting no they, Levis. They ain't getting no damn yeah. Levis and stop with Phil Jacoby. Handed Hooker? Maybe? He might be available late first. I like Hendon. I like Hendon. I like Hendon. You do. Point is, I think I think the Giants are playing well, and I think Daniel Jones is, is five weeks. He's got to do this for another five weeks on top of five weeks. But if he continues to play this way, I do think he's going to be afforded at least another chance to be whatever he's going to be long term with the Giants. Um, but they definitely they definitely need to bring somebody in. And I could see like a third round developmental quarterback. But he's playing damn good football. And shout out to the Giants beating the Packers. Four and one. NFC beast, yep. as you called it. The Dallas Cowboys, four and one. Philadelphia Eagles undefeated. The New York Giants, four and one. And the Washington Commanders down there, one and four. Uh, one and four. <laughs> Uh, but that leads me to my next takeaway, and I want to stay in the state of New York. It's just a good day to be a New York fan because the Jets, I think they wanted to beat down the Dolphins too. I think they yeah. wanted to beat them down. So, their draft, Sauce Gardner, legit. He is yeah. He's already playing like one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Brees Hall, we finally saw him unleashed to a certain degree. should have had three touchdowns. In that game, Michael Carter got two veteran vultures. I call those yeah. the VVs, the veteran vultures. He got two of those bad boys, but Brees Hall, two receptions, 100 yards. I talked about it on one of his film breakdowns that I did on the channel two weeks ago, Jay. I was like, his involvement in the receiving game is what makes me so excited. Two receptions, 100 yards. They were two big, long uh, catch and runs. And then he also had damn there 100 on the ground. Absolute stud. Zach Wilson, he's, 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 he's a... Not he's, good for fantasy right now. He's a, not not yet. He's a he's a a game manager with upside because he's got a lot of weapons. He's a game so manager Jimmy with upside. No, I think he's a little he's a little he's more talented than Jimmy G, yeah. and I don't say that in a bad way. But right now he's being asked to not lose the game, and he's got a lot of upside because of the weapons. 
But I like what the Jets are doing, man. And for fantasy, Brees Hall, he's a BAM tier. He's getting to that BAM tier, man. By any means necessary, you want this player. He just looks different out there. He's big. He's fast. He can catch the ball. He can run between the tackles. He can rip off long runs. He's what you're looking for in a running back. I was very impressed with the Jets, very impressed with Brees Hall. And I get it, man. They beat up on Skylar Thompson. Third-string quarterback wasn't supposed to play. I'm not not taking too much away from this one except for the fact that they were definitely hashtag all gas, foot on the throat (laughs) of the Dolphins, and it seemed like they really wanted to beat them down in that matchup, Jay. Uh, but let's get to uh, let's get to our let's get to the Bills Steelers game. I want to talk about Josh Allen because he was yeah. our quarterback <laughs> baller of the week. Josh Allen, uh, yeah, these are his uh, his uh, his passing yards right here. He had uh, four hundred and twenty four passing yards. Yeah, those are just his passing yards. And no rushing touchdowns. yards accounted yeah, for that. And four touchdowns. Um, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. damn good. Pretty- Good. For Josh Allen and the Bills came out there early and uh, just put the beat down on the Steelers and on the same team, Jay, our quarter, our wide receiver baller of the week, yeah, Gabe, Gabe Davis. Davis, uh, his three catches. He's out here on his Randy Moss type stuff. Three catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns for the quote unquote hobbled Gabe Davis. I thought he wasn't 100. Yeah. Looked pretty damn good to me uh, on Sunday on his three receptions. And it's funny, we talk about Gabe Davis, you're praying for a touchdown, and you got two of them. And they were both long ones, and he absolutely smashed for us in fantasy. What do you think about the Bills' offense, man? We talked about it, Jay. Coming off of that down game versus the Ravens, they were out for blood, and they got up on it, and they put foot in ass very quickly versus the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers are not good, and I hoped that uh, we highlighted that to you guys over on Friday, but it's just one of those things. You kind of saw it coming with Josh Allen. It was about time he had a big game, and obviously it started off with a 98-yard touchdown on the third play of the game to Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, you know, the, the issue for me still, Ray, and I, I hope fantasy people don't get their hopes up. He still only had three receptions. Now, he did have six targets, but some of those targets were kind of throwaways on corner routes where he really didn't have a shot at the ball. I hope that he can get more consistency, but I think the biggest takeaway here is Khalil Shakur. He had three receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown on five targets. He was filling in for Isaiah McKenzie. I think it's important that they do have a wide receiver four in this offense. Now, it was supposed to be Jamison Crowder, but Khalil Shakur getting it done in, again, a game against a bad defense is important because he can be that wide receiver four for them down the stretch, obviously. Jamison Crowder did break his foot, so he is, I think he's broke his foot, so he's going to be out for a little while, but, and then Isaiah McKenzie's still coming back from concussion protocol, so he should be back this week against the Chiefs, but if he's not, it's good that they have a compliment in some degree to Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, who carried the load definitely on Sunday. Shakir looked nice. I think Shakir he looked nice. very good. He looked good. Very good filling in, good. in the slot role, and that slot role is important. Josh Allen throws to the slot, I think, the third most in football since 2020, or 2021. So he throws the ball to the slot a lot. So it is an important role in the offense. So you do want to get a piece of that. And as you see, same amount of receptions as Gabe Davis. Just thought I'd point that out. He didn't get the yardage, but the receptions were there. Well, you know, Gabe's going to do one thing. Run down the field. Run down the field. And that's what Gabe is going to get. He's going to get his two deep shots, two to three deep shots per game. That's what he's going to get. You could bank on that. Uh, Josh Allen, what what can you say? He's just... um, MVP. He's he's coming for that MVP, man. He's coming for it. It's a four-man race right now, Ray. They they released the odds today. It's Allen, got? it's Mahomes, it's Hurts, and Lamar. You That's said what who, it is. So Allen's, is Allen, Allen's Mahomes. two to one. 
Mahomes is five to one, and then Hertz and Lamar are six to one right now. That's it. I think Allen the next is highest two is to Burrow one? one. Yep. Wow. Two to one. That's he's he was two and a half to one coming in. He's two to one now. He's the favorite. Like he should have been the favorite by far. Um I, I feel like I didn't talk about this enough, how I just believed he was ready to to win the MVP this year. Should have won it last year, so we'll see. But definitely uh, good for Allen to have a great game in this one against the Steelers. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get you riled up right here because I want to talk about a game and a player who, very, who disappointed, man. Disappointed. And I'm talking about Jacksonville, the Jaguars, man. Um, the golden one, the generational one. I've called him that. A lot of people called him that. And the Jacksonville Jaguars at home lost 13-6 to to the Houston Texans. Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 47, 286, two interceptions. And I, we were talking in the Discord during the game. When they got the ball back with a minute and something left, or however, however long it was, a minute and a half, minute and 40, I said, this is where we need to see them drive the ball down the field at home and put their team in position to win. Like, this is, if T-Law, if we're going to consider him a top 10 quarterback, this ascending guy, at home versus Houston, get the ball downfield. Move the ball. I want to see something. He almost threw two picks. Derek Stingley Jr. almost got him, and then he almost threw he one did, over the middle. He did throw two. Well, well I'm saying two. in that what, final drive. Yeah. In the final oh, drive, yeah. he almost threw two. Where are you at with T-Law, man? Like, we keep... I, I feel like what we're doing in the dynasty space is we're searching for, let's just throw players into the top 10. Just who can yeah. we fit in there when really it should be like a top eight and then who gives a fuck after that and then what quarterbacks are after that? Just take the one that you like, right? Like is T-Law really, really a top 10 quarterback, man? Like in dynasty, is he truly that type of guy? Like are you even willing to bet that on him? And I know you haven't been a big fan of him for a while. You didn't give him a mulligan last year. He is playing better than he did last year, but it's still kind of like leaving a lot left to be desired, man. Where are you at? So... I think the bigger thing here is that the they kind of abandoned the run in a game when they probably shouldn't have. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway here is that, you know, Travis Etienne actually had one of the best games of his career. 10 carries, 71 yards, and three receptions for 43 yards. So 100 total yards. James Robinson, ineffective. Um, but the Houston Texans defense did play really well. Their job was to stop the run, and they did that effectively. But I think it's important to point out here, and they mentioned this on the broadcast a lot, the Houston Texans have beaten the Jaguars eight games in a row or nine games in a row now, and it was eight games in a row coming in, nine games in a row now. To talk about Trevor Lawrence, though, the problem is is that when he throws the ball too much, I think that's when he starts to force it. He starts to feel the pressure, whatever it is. But that pick to Stingley in the end zone, that was a really bad decision by him. That was an easy field goal. They could have still won that game or at least had a better shot to win the game. Damian Pierce was a massive factor in this one. He was, in my opinion, the X factor. You obviously saw that big 20-yard run where he must have broken eight tackles on that run alone to almost get them in the end zone, obviously punched it in. The thing with T-Law is that I don't know if you can count him to be a top 10 guy. I think you could count on him being right around 11-12 week to week. He does have rushing upside. He did run for 29 yards in this one on four carries. He did still throw for almost 300 yards, but no touchdowns, two picks, um, QBR of 32. It's... I think the problem is, is that he we know that he can do it. It just doesn't always seem like they set him up for success. And I think that's that's the biggest problem. I think they have to find a, a balance between run and pass. And when he's dropping back, throwing it 50 times a game, especially in a game that ends 13-6, to six, that's a bit of a problem for me. They don't need to abandon the run the way they did. And I think that they can find ways to creatively get the ball in space to their playmakers. And I don't think they did a good job doing that this time on Sunday. On the other side of the ball, you talked about it. Damian Pierce, 26 carries. 
I mean, when do we even see that in the NFL anymore? For running Never. back. <laughs> Lovey Smith, baby. I love him. Yeah, I love Lovey. Lovey is establishing it. And not only did he have 26 carries, he had five targets. Five targets and three receptions. Yeah. Damian Pierce is rest of the season. We asked this last week. I said top 15 back. You said you weren't ready to go there. You said you weren't ready to go there. If he's going to get this kind of volume where he's getting 20 touches out of the back, yeah. uh, 20 touches 30 in opportunities, general, right? Well, I... I I, I brought it back a little bit because I don't know if he's going to get 31 ops again, but if he's going to get 20-plus opportunities, I'm going to ask the question again, is Damian Pierce a top 15 back rest of the way? I think the answer is yes. It's it's pretty hard. They don't want Davis now, Mills right? to throw the ball, bro. They don't want him no. out there throwing the ball 30, 40 times. Davis Mills can't he, do that. He had more carries than Davis Mills has pass attempts. Like That's telling in itself, right? He's not even like he's just running the ball a lot. He literally ran the ball more times than Davis Mills threw it, and he didn't even have all the carries. So they, they dropped back, and they actually passed it 24 times, and they ran the ball 31 times. Davis Mills ran it twice, and Burkhead only ran it three times. So you think about that rushing share for Damian Pierce up in the 85, 90 percentile. And on top of that, he out-targeted Rex Burkhead on top of that. So you talk about a guy who is going to be a top back, this is your James Robinson top 12 workload that he had when he was an undrafted free agent. Now, again, obviously Damian Pierce was drafted, but this is the workload that makes you a top 12 running back. And if he does this all year, Ray, you're 100% right. He's going to be a top 15 running back. Easy. Easy, man. Uh, Jay, it can't be a wake-up show without talking about one Antonio Gibson. But before we get into Gibson, let's talk about, I think, the coolest thing that I saw this weekend was Brian Robinson on the field. Uh, did you 100%. see the video that the commanders put out? They yeah. brought him out last. Uh, they had the 10K camera following him. And then they yeah. played Many Men by 50 Cent. Uh, for those of you who don't know the song Many Men by 50 Cent, go look it up. But that was pretty dope that they played that. As he went out there, he had nine carries, 22 yards. Uh, you know, uh, I don't care about what he did as far as the production. Yeah. The fact that he was on the field was important. But, 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 uh, Antonio Gibson, three carries, six yards. He had three receptions for 33 yards on four targets, but J.D. McKissick had seven targets. Is it officially over for Antonio Gibson? Is it, is he done? Is it, is it a wrap? It certainly seems like it, right? When Brian Robinson comes in, who was supposed to be the like spell back, the guy that kind of give Antonio Gibson a breather is out carrying him. I think that means that we have our new starting running back, right? Like they talked about how Brian Robinson was going to be the starter. He obviously got shot, had to rehab, missed his four weeks, comes back week five, out carries Antonio Gibson. And like you mentioned, he did get some work in the passing game, but not Split as much as J.D. McKissick. Yep. Split it with so McKissick. at that point, you're in an RBBC for yep. the receiving down role, which is pretty much James Cookland, as far as I'm concerned. And I do not want that player in fantasy football, especially James Cook had a nice season. touchdown. Don't shit on James he, Cook he looked good on that touchdown. He did. He did in a game that was 31 to three. Yeah. He did look good, but yeah, Gibson is not looking good right now as far as his outlook for the rest of the season, and especially for his future value. Um, Ray, I got to ask you the question: Do they bring him back? No. I don't think so. Yeah. Unless unless he wants to take a massive pay cut. He's not going to get paid. They're not going to yeah. pay him. And there's a chance that if Washington keeps losing, uh, Ron Rivera's not there. New coach, new regime. I don't think so. I mean, we've been talking about this since the summer. They, they told us what they thought of him when they went out and got Brian Robinson. They named him the starter prior to his unfortunate injury. And yeah. the moment he came back, and I'm thinking he might get a ceremonial carry here or there, 
I mean, they got him on the field. It was towards the end of the game when they were driving the ball down the field to win. He's out there, right? Like yeah. he was actually playing. They were like, you know what? If you're good enough to get out here and play, we're going to play you. And it showed you what they thought of Antonio Gibson. So uh, he's splitting third down work with uh, with J.D. McKissick and absent an injury. It's a wrap, man. It's a, it's a wrap for him in Washington. That's just the reality, right? It's five so, weeks in. We can't keep saying that shit anymore. Like, oh, it's early. It's early. It's a wrap, man. It's a wrap. So uh, a lot of people shit on Carson Wentz this weekend. Um, he actually wasn't terrible. 25 for 38. He did fumble three times, but recovered the fumble every time. Uh, one, two touchdowns, both to uh, Diami Brown. One was super long. Diami Brown filling in for Jahan Dodson did look really good. But when do you think we see Sam Howell or Taylor Heineke in this commander's offense now? I don't, you still don't man. think so, eh? No, I don't. I don't think we're gonna see. I don't think we're gonna see any Sam Howe. I, I think the reality is, if something Wentz, Wentz plays good enough, not he plays good enough not to get benched. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's not good. He makes those bench worthy plays, but, but, but he, he doesn't play good enough when some he's of those good. Right? To Dami Brown and like he good. he was putting. A, he could throw the ball. Like, I don't think we're going to see him. Threw for 360 not, and two, right? Yeah, they're like, not going to bench him. Sam Howell ain't doing that. No, they're not going to bench him. They're not going to bench him. Um, it, it's it's the Carson Wentz show unless he gets hurt. So I think that's yeah. really what it is. Now, Jay, you remember when everyone laughed at us a couple of weeks ago? They laughed and they mocked us when we put Geno Smith inside the top 12 of our rankings <laughs> one day. And they were like, where the hell did you get these sorry-ass rankings from? Geno Smith sucks. Yeah. Uh, Jay, another quarterback who is 100% playing his way into a job next year, Geno Smith. He's 100% playing his way into a job next year. And I'm not saying he's going to get some five-year, $150 million deal. That's not what I'm saying. But a two-year deal, I can see it. He is playing damn good football. Now, the Seattle Seahawks lost 32-39 to because the defense is terrible. But Geno Smith, 16 for 25. 268, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Ran the ball three times, 13 yards. We talked a little bit about Kenneth Walker. He got Tyler Lockett on track. Two touchdowns for Lockett. Beautiful throws from Geno Smith. DK Metcalf got in the zone, five for 88. Beautiful throws to DK Metcalf. Had a couple of them called back as well. Let's not forget Geno Smith, for a lot of people out there, are too young to remember. Jay, you probably don't even remember Geno Smith at West Virginia, but he was a damn good quarterback at West Virginia, was drafted in the second round, the top of the second round, by the Jets. And fun fact, I was actually at that draft in New York the year that Geno Smith got picked. I was in the building because the Dallas Cowboys selected Gavin Escobar, and we were like, what? (laughs) Uh, but Geno Smith was selected at the top of the second round, and he's got the Seattle Seahawks playing right now. Would you rather have Geno Smith or Russell Wilson on your fantasy team? Oh, Who God. would you rather have? It has to be Geno Smith. Easy. And I think the biggest thing is also the defense, right? You mentioned it. They still lost the game 39-32 to on the back of um, Tim Tebow out there playing quarterback. Oh, we're going to get to him in a minute. We're going we'll to get we'll to him in a minute. But uh, Geno Smith is playing phenomenally. And Tyler Lockett, like you mentioned, two touchdowns. Um, and that one, I think it was the second touchdown he threw to Tyler Lockett. Must have been between four defenders in the end zone. Just perfectly thrown ball. Still, I believe, leading the league in completion percentage right now. Uh, he's balling. Uh, we talked about DK Metcalf, how he his time wasn't up. He, he was coming. Those games are coming. Uh, but you have to say he's a top quarterback because like Jared Goff, he's playing with a bad defense, right? And he keeps keeping them in these games. And that means he's going to throw the ball a lot. And in this one where he didn't throw the ball, a ton still threw for t- over 250 and three tubs so you can't be mad at that from a guy who only threw the ball 25 times it's good man he's playing good ball seahawks two and three though uh the saints two and three as well led by 
And I really thought we should have given him quarterback baller of the week, running back baller of the week, and tight end baller of the week. He should have gotten all three. But Taysom Hill, uh, nine carries, 112 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and he had a passing touchdown in this one. Yeah, and a pass, a dime, too. A Uh, dime. I mean, Jay. he was, okay, Ray, what's nuts is, so we play in a couple leagues with big play scoring, right? Yes. He scored 40 points in our Royal Rumble League, and he single-handedly beat Gene. Shout out to Gene, RIP. Um, in, our, in our Bomb Squad League, he put up 51 points for me, and he was the number four player in uh, regular PPR scoring He's fantasy leagues. He's a cheat code, man. He's a he cheat is code. unfair at the he, tight end position, and people talk about unfair. him because... He's only caught one pass this season, but he is yeah. tight end eligible. And he runs the ball, honestly, one of the best probably rushers of the football in the NFL in some ways. Every time he catches the ball, seem, he just Doesn't it seem like every time he gets the ball, it's just a wide open they field? They know it's coming. They wide know it's open coming field. every time. He sits back there, might run a read option, might not even do that. And, and, what's and they crazy, can't Ray, stop him. He only played 33% of snaps in this game. He doesn't even play that much, but when he gets the ball, he's electric. Like you mentioned, three touchdowns and threw a touchdown. Single-handedly crushing Alvin Kamara of Truthers, but he did still run the right, ball. Wait, 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 wait. Alvin three. Kamara balled out too. He didn't he get did. in the end zone, but it was good to see Kamara motivated. 23 for 103 on the ground and then six receptions for 91 yards. It was good to see Kamara motivated. I haven't seen Alvin Kamara run that hard since last season, so that's... Stock up for Alvin Kamara. Stock up for Alvin Kamara. We need Andy Dalton to continue to start because Jameis Winston does not throw him the ball, but Andy Dalton is not afraid to. All right, we got to show a little love, Jay. Another takeaway from this matchup for me, and we got to show some love to this player. Justin Fields showed some progression this week. Justin Fields played a lot better football this week. I know the stat line still was 15 for 21, but 208 yards, one touchdown. No interceptions, only sacked two times. He had a long, like, 50-yard touchdown run called back by a holding call, but he still had eight carries, 47 yards. Darnell Mooney with a highlight real catch. Cole Komet got in the action a little bit. Positive step forward for Justin Fields, right? They lost the game 22-29. to Former Vikings uh, wide receiver, your boy, Poetic Justice, uh, gets the ball snatched from him at the end uh, by Cam Dantzler, and that was that. But talk about Justin Fields and the progression that we saw this past Sunday. I'm not going to put too much stock into it right. from a development standpoint. But again, Ray, you mentioned it. Best game of his entire career. Highest passing rating of his entire career. And that's important because we know that he can run. So 50 rushing yards on the ground doesn't matter. The 50-yard rushing rush cut, called back doesn't really matter. We know he can do that. He needs to be a better passer. Darnell Mooney bailed him out. But at least... The thing is, is that at least Justin Fields is giving Darnell Mooney these chances now. It didn't seem like he was doing that in the first couple of weeks. Now he's giving them these chances. They're in these games. They're trying to win, and they're not running the ball as much. Only 24 carries. That includes all of Justin Fields' eight carries that he had. Threw the ball 21 times. Minnesota's defense is so-so at best. It's not very good. But at least we're seeing Justin Fields take advantage of these bad defenses and performing well. Hopefully it can be a trend going forward, but again, I can't say I'm that confident. The good thing is that hopefully it builds his confidence, and that's all I want to see is him continue to try and build off of this. But he's going to have some tough games. Still going to have to play the Packers again, and there's still going to be some tough games for him ahead. But hopefully this can be a confidence builder for Fields and is, and honestly, in some ways, the best game of his passing career in the NFL. I thought it was oh, a right, good step forward. Me. I thought it was a good step forward. 
Um, on the other side of the ball, Dalvin Cook got in the action. Two touchdowns for Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson was on fire to start the game. Kirk Cousins started yep. the game like 13 for 13. He was, yeah, was, he was nuts. Justin Jefferson out there throwing passes, completing passes. Uh, I thought it was a positive step forward. I know a lot of people are still skeptical. I don't know. Long-term Justin Fields. But what he put on paper, at least this week, was a step forward for him and yep. his outlook. I don't know if there's a lot to take away from the Lions and Patriots game, but terrible calls by on the Start Sit show. We were talking about fire up Jared Goff. You can start Jared <laughs> Goff with confidence. Man, he turned into a pumpkin. He was bad. QBR 6.5 out of a 100-point scale, and 50 is like average. Uh, Jared Goff yep. was bad. Jamal Williams had 15 carries and did a lot, didn't do a lot with him. Amon Ra was hobbled out there, four for 18, clearly not 100%. And remember all that love we showed TJ Hawkinson? Remember all that love? Oh, boy. He went back to being TJ Hawkinson, one for six uh, on his four targets. So I enjoyed the 180-yard week on my bench or whatever he had, 170-yard week on my bench. I started him everywhere, and he gave me one for six. That's why I call him the most fraudulent tight end in the fantasy game. I'm just, I just want no part of TJ Hawkinson on the other side of the ball, Bailey Zappi, good game manager. Uh, but Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, uh, apparently injured his hamstring. He's got a history of hamstring yeah. injuries. And the rhinoceros, Ramondre, carried the load 25 for 161. No touchdowns. He could have ripped, he could have had like a 70 yarder and he was stumbling to the ground. Still yeah. picked up 50 on it. But um, any big takeaways from this one, man? Ramondre looks good. Yeah, Ramondre looked phenomenal. Um, Jacoby looked yeah, good looked as well. Yeah, Jacoby, 7 for 111 and a touchdown. Bailey Zappi's number one target. Obviously, we know Jacoby Myers is kind of the safety net, regardless, apparently, of who's playing quarterback back there. I'm not going to take away too much in this Bailey Zappi performance because he did still throw a pick, and apparently the Detroit Lions did not get pressure once. Yeah, their defense game. is awful. So you talk about a bad defense and, and a Pat's offensive line that has been pretty good, but not the dominance that we've seen in the past. They absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage all game long, both in the run game and in the pass game. The Lions are bad. Um... I don't know much more to say. I, it seems definitely like Belichick has Goff's number, so I wasn't entirely surprised by this performance, but definitely expected a little bit more. And Ray, if you didn't see it, apparently Amon Ra was reported to be on a snap count like very late on Sunday before games locked, so people shouldn't have been starting him. Uh, but it's hard not to start a guy like that, even against the Patriots. But the biggest thing, I think, is Ramondre, right? If Damian Harris is hobbled in any way, Ramondre is going to be a monster for fantasy. We didn't even mention he got two passes for 14 yards. Bailey Zappi, we'll see going forward against tougher opponents, but did look really good in this one. 17 for 21 is important. Um, I think he looked good, and it's crazy, I think, to see all these third-string quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think we've ever seen a season like this, seeing all these third-stringers come man. in and play in these games. And to be honest, they're looking better than I expected, right? So kudos it's to crazy. them and kudos to Bailey Zappi for this one. What about uh, old Baker Mayfield in Carolina? What say you about Baker? He's bad, what is man. There, what He's is so there bad. To say about Baker I Mayfield? Mean, he he is that, awful. He, he threw the pick six, right? And then he dives to try to fake tackle the guy, and then he gets up, and he's like holding his, his collarbone. And I'm like, bro, nothing's hurt but your pride because you're playing like shit out there, Baker Mayfield. Uh, 20 for 36, 215, one interception, sacked four times, threw an ugly pick six in that one. He had Jimmy Garoppolo looking like Joe Montana. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, yep. 14 carries, 54 yards. I guess that's fine. Got 12 targets, though, so that's what you want to see from Christian McCaffrey. They got DJ Moore involved late in the game. 
just yeah. a bad team, man. Outside of the outside of Christian McCaffrey, I don't want to start anybody from the Carolina side of the ball. San Francisco did what they needed to do to win. They got Kittle involved early. Ayuk had a couple yep. of grabs. Debo did nothing. He scored a touchdown. But other than that, it was Jeff Wilson and the 49ers defense that just shut down Carolina. Yeah, no, Jeff Wilson was really good in this one. In a game where they kind of needed to lean on the run a little bit, um, Jimmy didn't do much of anything. He threw the ball more than I expected, but like you mentioned, that defense continues to dominate every single week. We've talked about them for a few weeks in a row now, just how good they are, especially in the safety position. I believe they have the two of the three highest-graded safeties in all the NFL per PFF. So that's the biggest difference here. Last year it was, do they have the DBs to get it done? They didn't really or didn't quite have that. This year, much more solidified on the back end, and they are playing at an extremely high level. You do not want your fantasy teams to be up against San Francisco. And they did that without Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa got yep, hurt. Nick, Nick got Bosa hurt. was out. Yep. He was out. So they did it without Nick Bosa. I mean, uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to be a head coach in this NFL real soon. Um, maybe, yep. as, maybe as soon as this next coaching cycle opens up, D'Amico Ryans, yep. defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, has that team playing incredible, man. Jay, let, let's. I, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, man. Let me let me write these notes down. Let me write these notes down. Where are we at? Forty three minutes. The old goat, Tom Brady. Did oh you no! See, did you see the roughing the passer called? I did on Grady Jarrett against Tom Brady, which extended that drive. And I talked about this. I was on the Bleacher Report stream uh, doing their week three story, week five storylines last night, yeah. and we were talking about it in there. I'm not saying that the Atlanta Falcons were going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They probably weren't. But at least that blown call, it snatched an opportunity away from Atlanta. It snatched an opportunity away from Atlanta to try to go get the dub in that one. Yeah. There are missed calls every game, man. You see missed pass interference calls, missed holding calls, missed the the delay of game calls. But that one that we saw... On Tom Brady was absolute horseshit. There's no way yeah. else to say that. Even Tom Brady in his post game press conference, he stands up there with his chiseled cheekbones, and they ask him about the play, and he shrugs and says, "I don't throw the flags." <laughs> That's all he said. I don't throw the flags. But he got up it's, crying for it. It was he did. He got up crying for it, and then Jerome Berger comes out afterwards and says. I, the reason I threw the flag is because it was an unnecessary throwdown to the ground. And I'm like, what? Did you not see the play? Did yeah, you not no, see that the play? Was, I mean, come really on, bad. man. Come on. Like, and, and, Is there any ch- I know in baseball, Jay, they talk about having a, 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 a robotic umpire to call strikes yeah. and, and umpires balls. Umpires are pretty bad. Can, is there any way to get some sort of system that can make the right calls in the NFL outside of the damn referees, man? I don't think so. Um, unfortunately for us, we are stuck with the refs. Uh, hopefully at some point we can get rid of the chains. The chains are probably the most ridiculous thing in sports when it comes to just like how they determine the outcome of a game. But, I mean, the call was awful. Um, it was it, awful. It's, it's like two. The hit on Tua was way worse. There was no flag, no crying of a flag. It just felt like you mentioned it. It seemed like the refs were giving Brady a call. People talk about how Brady gets favoritism, and you know he doesn't always get favoritism. But that was a bad. A, call. That was a bad call. They, 
the the Bucks were about to blow that game to Atlanta, and they every game to blow it seems it. like they Atlanta, wanted to blow it. <laughs> Atlanta gets down big, and then they slowly crawl their way back into a game, and it felt like that was kind of a call that to just kind of seal it for the Bucks. The Bucks are not playing very well right now. They're not closing teams out. They're not playing well on defense, in my opinion. We'll see. They're definitely not the top team in the NFC, and they're, and they're no. not quite title contenders yet, but. I mean, the biggest thing from that game, I think, is that Rashad White continues to be involved in this offense. I keep offense. saying it. Get Rashad right? right now. Leonard Fournette did dominate, right? Leonard Fournette had 11 targets, and but they're getting Rashad White involved. They're getting him involved. Yep. I think he's a, he's a sneaky go get him right now before he gets that that blow up that blow up spot. Or Leonard Fournette's yep. just a hammer. He's like Ezekiel Elliott. They just don't get hurt. They just don't get hurt. They're just hammers. But Rashad White's getting a lot of opportunity. You were talking about the best teams. In the NFC, I think it's it's the Philadelphia Eagles, Jay, who beat the Arizona Cardinals in a close game. Arizona, Kyler Murray's awareness was on a, on zero at the end of that game. Absolute zero. But the Philly side of the ball, man, Jalen Hurts, another just Jalen Hurts efficient game, right? Uh, 26 for 36, 239, no passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Almost had one, but the ball hit the ground. He had 15 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns. But I want to talk about the Slim Reaper. This is what I said, Jay, with A.J. Brown coming in, and if you did not watch the game entirety, do you know what Arizona did with A.J. Brown? They put one of the better safeties in the NFL, Jalen Thompson. They bracketed him the whole game and just said, we're not going to let you, A.J. Brown, beat us. We're not going to let – I know people were, oh, he might be hurt. They just put a bracket – they put bracket coverage on him and said, we're not going to let A.J. Brown beat us. And Devontae Smith went out there and had 11 targets, 10 receptions, 87 yards – He's coming into his own. The Reaper is coming into his own, and I think he's still a little bit undervalued because of the pre, the pre-draft biases that he's too skinny well, and, and all this that other week stuff. One, right? Yeah, and, and week one, oh, he didn't have any targets, no receptions in week one. On the season right now, Devontae Smith tied for 13th in receptions with 28. He's almost top 12. He's 13th in yards at 353, and he's got one touchdown on the season. Where are you at with Smitty? Moving forward, man, is this a buy? Is this a dynasty buy? Uh, he could definitely be a dynasty buy. I don't know if I thought the Eagles played that well. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of discredit the team that won a road game. Like again, yeah, winning man, on the road is on tough the road. in the NFL. Winning on the road. So I will give them that credit. But again, I think the bigger story for me is they didn't play that well down the stretch. And I think what was most concerning was all those screens they threw to Simone because he wasn't really getting it done in those plays. And there was one play in particular where Quez Watkins gave him a block and he didn't take the block. He went outside instead of coming inside for the, for the block. I'm just curious how they play down the stretch because while they are five and zero, not trying to discredit that at all, they seem to be, you know, slowly not being less and less efficient game after game. They didn't run the ball overly well. You know, Miles Sanders couldn't really get it done. He had some good runs. It was tough for him. Jalen Hurts, kind of the same thing. I thought Arizona played them really well. They played a lot of coverage. Like you mentioned, they bracketed A.J. Brown. That makes sense based on how dominant he's been. They tried to get the ball early to Smitty, and he did make some plays. Not as much down the field in this one. Dallas Goddard was the guy who really stood out. You know, eight catches, 95 yards on nine targets. And I believe Jalen Hurts missed him on another wide-open play. So, We'll see, but it's it's one of those things that I hope they can continue, continue to be more efficient, but it's very clear the Buffalo Bills are by far the most dominant team in the NFL, and I don't think it's very close. And J, uh, DJ T-Dub said the Cards defense does that to every team's wide. That's what I said. People were like, oh, we must, they, just, they, they had Jalen Thompson over them, and they just said we're not going to let A.J. Brown beat us. And, um, I mean, you're, you're saying that about the Eagles, but this is what they have coming up. 
This game versus the Cowboys will be a tough game for them. But after that, they got the Steelers, the Texans, yeah. the Commanders, and the Colts. Like, it's it's not a tough schedule. They had, going into the season, we already knew that they had one of the easier schedules the in the NFL. So uh, I'm not going to discredit them anyway. When you win on the road, that's a good win. I'm not going to, like, I, I didn't expect them to go in there and pound Arizona into oblivion and win by 50 points. I mean, you got a road win. They held, they bend but didn't break, and they didn't play their best offensive game. They didn't get Miles Sanders going in the running game at all. Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith were all they had. So I'm definitely not taking that away from Philadelphia. I still think they're the best team in the NFC and the second-best team overall in the NFL. Great win by Philadelphia. And Brandon Staley was bailed out once again by his horrible (laughs) coaching decisions as the Chargers beat the Browns 30-28. to Cade York missed two field goals in that one. Yep. But the Cleveland Browns, there was a, what was it? Uh, the, they decided to go for it. The Chargers decided to go for it on fourth and whatever in midfield yeah. around and didn't get it. Brandon Staley, I'm telling you, man, this dude continues to, to, to call some, some games that any other coach would get their ass put on the cross for, man. Because that he should not have gone for that at that point in time, at that juncture of the game, when their defense wasn't out there shutting down Cleveland. Cleveland was yep. getting whatever they wanted to on the ground versus them. Jacoby Brissett was playing good ball and put them in a position to win the game. Uh, they got the win. They got the win. Yeah, they got it. the win. Ultimately, that's all that matters. Austin Eckler had a monster game, 173 yep. yards on the ground, got walked down on one play, was involved in the receiving game. Uh, Mike Williams, a monster game with no Keenan Allen there. David Njoku must start tight end, especially this yeah. year. Amari Cooper, I remember on the start-sit stream, people were like, ah, J.C. Jackson, I don't want to know if I start Amari. (laughs) You fucking start Amari Cooper. That's what you do. He had a touchdown, 7 for 76. Nick Chubb, is he the best running back in football? A lot of people talking about that right now. Any takeaways from this Chargers game? I think the biggest takeaway is that both these defenses are really bad. And we didn't even mention um, Deion Jones, the running or the linebacker from the Atlanta Falcons, did get traded to Cleveland late last night. So we'll see how he impacts things. I didn't things. even, see, I didn't even see that. Yeah, it, okay. it's we'll see what happens to that. Apparently, he's better in coverage than against the run. But again, they still both defenses played terrible. It was just up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, to your point about Nick Chubb. We talked about it in kind of my bold predictions. I thought they could go for 200 yards on the ground, and they did. That did require Jacoby Brissett's yards. But, I mean, Nick Chubb just blasted them every play. Uh, to your point about that fourth down, it was fourth and one on their own 46. The Chargers went for it and obviously didn't get it. And somehow, you know, Cade York, they didn't get enough yards for Cade York to make that final play. It's it's bad. You know, the Chargers, they're 3-2. and two. They probably shouldn't be 3-2. and two. Um, they're kind of winning in spite of bad play calling and bad decision making, but 238 rushing yards on the ground. Austin Eckler, like you mentioned, monster game in this one. Justin Herbert only needed 228 through the air. He did throw one touchdown. Um, you know, Mike Williams, another monster performance. I think we'll see what happens when Keenan Allen comes back, but this defense is supposed to be revamped, looking better, playing well, and they're just allowing a ton of points. They're not stopping the run. The pass game, even hasn't, even that hasn't been very good, and they have a lot of talented players in that secondary. They got to figure something out. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure if Brandon Staley's to blame for this. He is kind of a guy who comes out of Chicago, um, the Vic Fangio coaching tree. Ugh. He's supposed to be the guy that helps his defense out, and they're not playing well. We'll see if Staley can get it done, but to your point, his ass has been on the hot seat, I think, for a few weeks now. He could be a guy who's keeps not probably through. not gone midseason, no, but he, no, the end of the not, season could be a guy that gets fired if they don't make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, he just there are a lot of decisions that he's made over the past couple of years where 
He's getting bailed out, and Cade York definitely bailed him out in this one. Uh, but Eckler, yeah. monster game. Mike Williams and Herbert still a stud. Want to talk Dallas because I think we can. Yes, sir, I, listen. I love that Cooper Rush is getting dubs, but ten for sixteen. If I told you Cooper Rush was going to throw for hundred and two yards, no touchdowns, sack three times, would there be any chance Dallas wins that game? If I told you that going into of it, Cooper Rush, a hundred passing yards, one hundred passing yards for Cooper Rush, and Dallas wins the game. Zeke Elliott, 22 carries, just hammering them up the middle, (laughs) 78 yards. It was just slam Zeke up the middle for three or four yards, put Tony Pollard in, he'll pop the 15, 20, 30-yard run. Uh, Nothing from the Dallas offense. The Dallas defense is for real. Micah Parsons, I've been saying he's one of the best players in the NFL, period. Two sacks, absolute closer, playing with a hurt groin. Just yeah. just had Matthew Stafford shook. Stafford had 308 empty yards. I call those empty calorie yards. One touchdown. The the classic Matt Stafford interception, which he's going to yep. give you every week. Sacked five times. QBR of 38. Daryl Henderson, no rush attempts. Cam Akers, 13 empty, ca- in, empty carries. And once again, it was Cooper Cup or bust. Seven for 125. And of that 125, 75 came off of one play. Dallas completely shut this offense down. This team is done. The Rams are done for. They're two and three. They're done. I don't, I don't know if they could stop Seattle. Now, I don't know if Seattle could stop them offensively, yeah. but I don't think that defense could even stop Seattle. They're playing like the worst team in the NFC West, man. I, I this team is bad. The Rams are bad, Jay. They are a bad yeah. football team. They don't have any depth. They lack playmakers. There's no explosiveness. There's no cohesiveness on the offensive line. The defense looks unengaged, and they just got punched in the mouth at home versus Dallas versus Cooper Rush. There are no excuses. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from Rams fans. They got their asses handed to them by the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys at home. Pathetic. Yeah. It was bad. It was really, but but Ray, it's it's really what I expected, right? I talked about this on Friday. The San Francisco 49ers have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. You know who's better than them? The Dallas Cowboys. And you saw that first series of the game. What happens? Fumble six. Fumble right? six. Matthew Stafford coughs it up, fumble six. The Cowboys are up 6 nothing early. And then you just see this continue as the game goes on more and more. They really only scored three points in this game. That, that touchdown that Cooper Cup scored, that was Trayvon Diggs doing yeah, what he, he does, he trying to make it. a play. Yeah, he tried undercut to undercut a drag it. route. Honestly, Ray, I feel bad for Cooper Cup because he is still disrespected. Like he is actually fast, but Trayvon Diggs thinks he can make it up. This make yeah. it up, undercut him, and Cooper Cup is just gone. No one yeah. even came close to catching him. It, it was. It's really bad out there for the Rams. It's, bad. it's really bad. Who do the you fact want? that they try to run the ball and they can't. They, they can't. don't even give Daryl Henderson the ball, and he's the better running back of the. It's. It's bad, man. I don't somebody know what the said, hell the Rams do from here. Somebody said that the only reason Allen Robinson got those five targets is because he wore white, uh, white arm <laughs> sleeves to get Stafford to throw. You him know the what's ball. you know what's bad though is when Ben Skorana gets the ball. I legitimately can't tell the difference between him and Cooper Cup. I think they look nearly identical at sometimes. And maybe that's a compliment to Ben Skoranek. Yeah. Because it's just body type. They just have a very similar build. In your mind, you know, Cooper Cup used to wear number 18. Used to wear number 18. So you see it and you're like, oh shit. But yeah, A Rob put on the white sleeves to get some targets (laughs) from Matthew Stafford this week. And they were still awful. Three for 12. 
He's droppable in redraft. Like, I'm over He's it. awful. I, he's droppable he's in awful. redraft. Dynasty. People were drafting him early. Some of my you future bets, 850 a- yards are just a wrap. Just, it's brutal. At least he got paid. At least he got paid. True. Final game. Let's talk about the Sunday night one really quickly. Jay, um, Joe Burrow. Uh, this game was uneventful. This was not, I mean, Lamar was all right. Both of their QBRs were sub th- with thirty and below. What what's your takeaway from from this one, man? Jamar Chase, another. <laughs> another... Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Can but we, here's can the we thing. finally st- say it right? St- here's the thing, is, though. Is he still that dude? He is because he's still top ten in the NFL in receptions with thirty two. He's top fifteen in yards with three forty three. He's just not scoring the touchdowns, and he was due some comeback from last year, right? Like he wasn't. He wasn't going to do that again this year, or at least teams were going to try as hard not to let him do that again this year. Yeah. Um, but no T. Higgins. I didn't know he was on a pitch count. I had no clue that was the case. Yeah. But nothing from Higgins, so I ended up starting him everywhere. Nothing from T. Higgins. I know a lot of people were shitting on Joe Mixon, but he looked good last night. He looked like their best player offensively. Joe Mixon was ripping off chunk runs, but 14 for 78, empty yards for Joe Mixon. Three catches, 10 yards, empty there. Uh, you know, the Ravens side of the ball, it's Mark Andrews, man. Like, that's all yeah. you want. It's it's literally Mark Andrews. Devin Duvernay had a nice game, five for 54. He looks good, man. He looks I think good. we got to give Duvernay some credit. He, I like he Duvernay. Had, he did to start the season. Bateman was out in this one. People who didn't know, Bateman was out, right? If you didn't watch the game or didn't pay attention, uh, Bateman wasn't playing this one, and Duvernay really didn't fill that void. He had... And I think Lamar and Lamar missed what two touchdowns? One to Tylen yeah. Wallace and yep, one Tylen. to Devin Duvernay, right? And there was another one in the first half that he didn't throw, but again, another guy running wide open down the field. So the Ravens should have won this game a little bit more handily. Um, I don't know if you noticed the 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 story about Joe Mixon tipping the plays. Um, I apparently no, broke what? news. So so I went. I'm I'm st- my Twitter is still blown ah, up. Conspiracy this theory. Video, Let's see right? this. Let's see this. So. So if you if you go to my Twitter, Ray, or whoever wants to go to my Twitter, I, I posted Twitter. a video of Joe Mixon. He when he stands up, he it was a run every time. Like almost every time. He would stand up like Nick Chubb does in the backfield. It was a run. When he puts his hand on his knees, it was a pass or the ball wasn't going to him. And apparently, people let me know on Twitter when this kind of blew up a little bit. Apparently, he did the opposite last week. And so he was doing that last week, and people noticed it in the Dolphins game. And now he did the opposite it's try, weird man Joe Mixon is tipping games. plays though try to play some he's, mind he's, games he's weird man he's like tipping plays and we'll see what happens but Joe Mixon did play really well in this one Burrow was kind of so-so but the bigger thing is that the Ravens are not playing man they are playing zone and I think um the Good. bigger the bigger story here is that Joe Burrow has one of the worst splits against uh bracket cover or sorry against uh what's the word I'm looking for Ray too high coverage and uh, shell coverage is the word I'm looking for. Okay, Joe Burrow is one of the worst splits against shell coverage. So if you are playing Joe Burrow, you have to really look at who he's playing because if he does get this shell coverage week in, week out, Jamar Chase is going to have good games. They need T. Higgins. It's it's a bit of a problem for them right now. They're not playing well. And I don't know if it's going to change because of how they're being played on, on the Somebody side. asked me, was Devin DuVernay like the discount Debo Samuel? He had th- three carries, 24 yards. Mm-hmm. They kind of use him like that. They give him some carries. They let him – they throw him the ball quickly. I like DuVernay, man. Yeah. I think he's a nice little player. Nice little player. Lamar, again, 19 for, uh, for 32 at 58 rushing yards. I'll say this, man. I- I'm not here to debate his dynasty value or where you should rank him. 
But J.K. Dobbins looks good when he runs the ball. Um, he just doesn't get the ball a lot. And he looks he looks he looks pretty good when he runs the ball. Uh, what do we have for tonight? Kansas City and the Raiders. My Raiders hopefully yeah. get a dub in this one. What are you thinking about tonight? What are you thinking about? I'm what thinking I'm thinking Patrick Mahomes is going to try and reassert himself as the MVP. That's the thing that's going to happen. Uh, the Raiders' defense is not good. We already know that. We'll see what about Josh Jacobs, though. Josh Jacobs is really interesting because he's been a bell cow in every sense of the word. So definitely watch his usage because it should be very high. Um, the bigger story, Ray, is that the Kansas City Chiefs allow the most most targets, most receptions, and most receiving yards to opposing running backs, and they've been very good against the run this season. They allow only 52 yards per game on the ground. So we'll see how they use Jacobs in this one because he has been great on the ground and has been utilized in the passing game. He has five receptions in each of the last two games. So I'm expecting a lot of Josh Jacobs in the receiving game, and we'll see how they can do running the ball. I believe Hunter Renfro is back, Waller is back, so they have their full complement of weapons. So we'll kind of see how this Raiders offense looks with everybody back in the fold in this one against Kansas City. Crazy NFL season. That's all I can say. It is a. It has been a wild, wild ride this NFL season, and we're only a damn near what a quarter of the way through it. So yeah. we still got a lot of football left to go. There was a lot of good things that happened in the college football world as well. I'll figure out a way to kind of get that information to y'all. But I appreciate everybody tapping in. Uh, make sure you go to the Destination Devi podcast feed. Scott Connor dropped a new show, uh, the really Destination good. Dynasty. Really good. If you want to be yeah, better in Dynasty, to last night. Really listen good. to that show. Scott is doing some amazing things with DD. We had the 4D Chess guys drop an episode on Friday. Newsletter was fantastic last week. All that stuff is in the description below. Jay, anything else you want to say to the good people? They, they got on me about starting late, but we went a little over for them today. Yeah, I would just say, you know, everyone out there who's Canadian, happy Thanksgiving is one happy, thing I did want to say Canadian to everybody. Thanksgiving. Um, go and get your Michelle Dodo coffee, please. It's great. Try it. It's um honestly the best coffee I've ever drank it's in my life. It's good fucking coffee. So definitely man. go get it. Go to the website, promo code wake up. Link is in the description. Go check that out and go order yourself some espresso or some coffee. They have everything compatible pods. Best Italian artisan coffee they got out there. Um, but outside of that, Ray, I'm just excited for this game. It should be a really good one yeah, tonight. And you're and go watch Ray's film session Isaiah Pacheco before this one because it yeah, is go check blowing it up on the YouTube. Go blowing check up it on out. the YouTube. Pacheco but is it was nice, very baby. Good. Pacheco is go. nice. We appreciate y'all tapping in. Shout out to Fizzle Dollars one more time. We got to get that intro Fizzle, in baby. the new intro. But we'll be back on Wednesday. Waiver wire video. You gonna drop that today, Jay Rich? Today, today? Yep. waiver wire waiver video. Khalil Shakir, go get him. Go get him. We're out of this thing. Peace. Thank y'all for watching the Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich, or the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content and if you want to get in on that action use the promo code wake up over on prize picks for a 100 deposit match up to 100 for first time users and a brand new show dropping on the mojo youtube channel myself and jay rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on mojo it's all gas all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.